G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Sometimes being a dad involves dishing out some tough love to our kids, something that every father experiences, something that God experiences. And when that happens, we can feel as though God's forsaken us, but nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again as we take another look at the incredible Father Heart of God from a different perspective. One of the things about being a dad is this. Your children don't always honour you the way that they should. In fact, that's an absolute given. They don't always grow up to be what you wanted them to be. Children go their own way in life eventually. Sometimes we're blessed to have children whom we can delight, and other times it's not that easy. Other times they go and live a life that to the father is just plain wrong. Other times they reject their dad. Other times they don't show their dad the honour that's due to him as their father. That's life. That's the way it is. And when our children turn their backs on us, as sometimes they do, or when our children forsake the values and the morals that we've brought them up with, as a father, that hurts. I can tell you, it hurts terribly. The question is, as a father, how do you respond? What do you do? Sometimes it has to be tough love. Sometimes we have to tell things the way they are. And sometimes we have to stand our ground because it's right and right is right and wrong is wrong, however much we may love our children. And when you look at it that way through the eyes of a dad, then the way that God the Father behaves towards us starts to kind of make some sense. At least it does to me. There was a time when God's chosen people, Israel, rebelled against their God. In fact, there were lots and lots of those times. It's the whole story of the Old Testament. The very name Israel means he struggles with God. The whole story of the Old Testament is how Israel struggles with God. God punishes them, but then then he always does the same thing. Let me share one particular time when God's chosen people had rejected their God. This comes from Jeremiah chapter 32. I'm beginning at verse 34 here. They set up their abominations in the house that bears my name, and they defiled it. They built their high places of Baal in the valley of the son of Hinnom to offer up their sons and daughters to Molech, though I did not command them, nor did it enter my mind that they should do this abomination, causing Judah to sin. Now therefore thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city of which you say it's being given into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword, by famine and by pestilence. In other words, God's people rebelled against God by worshipping idols and other gods. And so God punished them. He sent them into exile. He had Jerusalem destroyed. The temple was destroyed. This was a terrible time for God's people. They went to Babylon into slavery. Now, 
God didn't do this on the whim. In fact, it took him several centuries of his people's unfaithfulness for this judgment to fall. But even in their punishment, in slavery, God had a good plan for them. I'll read on. He said, See, I am going to gather them from all the lands to which I drove them in my anger and my wrath and my great indignation. I'll bring them back to this place. I will settle them in safety. They shall be my people and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way and they may fear me for all time for their own good and for the good of their children after them. I will make for them an everlasting covenant never to draw back from doing good to them again. And I will put the fear of me into their hearts so that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing good to them. I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. For thus says the Lord, just as I have brought all this great disaster upon this people, so I will bring upon them all the good fortune that I now promise. And there's a reason for that, a very important reason. It's about the father heart of God. Even when his children have dishonoured him, even when he's taken them to the point of punishing them, there is a purpose in his punishment, and that is to bring them back to him. And there, right there, we discover the incredible faithfulness of God. Fathers are always faithful to their children, at least they should be. Even when their children rebel, even when they have to discipline their children, fathers discipline in love with the purpose not of destroying their children, but of bringing them up, helping them to grow up and bringing them back. The heart of a father should be filled with incredible faithfulness, the sort of faithfulness that lasts a lifetime. And that's precisely who God is, faithful. That's what King David wrote in Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. At times in my life as a dad, I have been quick to anger. It's my personality type, and the Father heart of God has had to work towards me to heal me of that. There's an enormous wisdom in being slow to anger. It's something that every father needs to learn. I might add here that some fathers have had to learn that sometimes they do have to show anger. Sometimes they do have to discipline their children. That's an investment that costs us emotionally, but it's a necessary investment. What I love about God, though, is that he is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Even though he does anger if we continue to provoke him, make no mistake, he will discipline us. But you know what mercy and grace are? They're things that by definition we don't deserve. When God shows us mercy, he's holding off punishing us, the punishment that I deserve, the punishment that you deserve, giving us time and space to get it right, to sort it out. And that's what a father does. Kids are born into what should be a loving family because they have to grow from immaturity to maturity. And the idea is that they have a safe and loving environment to make mistakes, to rebel, to learn how to grow up. And even though that sometimes involves a father's discipline and anger, the point of a father being strong and disciplining his children is to bring them back to the right path. Right through the Old Testament, when we read of God and how he was slow to anger, those words are almost always followed by these, and abounding in steadfast love. 
That's who God the Father is. That's who God our Dad is. And his grace and his mercy are poured out on the cross. When he allowed his son to take my punishment, the punishment I deserved, the punishment you deserved, as Jesus was nailed to that cross. So many people are wandering around imagining that God is this God of rage, this this cruel despot who'll punish them if they set a foot wrong. This God who's sitting there just waiting for them to step out of line so he can whack them over the head. But that just isn't true. That's just not who he is. He is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And that, that changes everything. It puts us in a place where all of a sudden... We can rely on God's mercy and his grace. We can rely on the fact that God is slow to anger. We can rely on the fact that he is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. don't know about you, but I make mistakes every day of my life. I get up, I plan on doing my best, I try to do my best, but I make mistakes. And now instead of walking on eggshells, instead of spending my life worrying about a God who's going to whack me over the head, I can go to him relying on the grace and the mercy that he showed me by letting Jesus take my punishment for me. I can go to this God and say, God, I'm sorry, and I know that I'm forgiven. I know that I can move on. The Father heart of God is truly amazing. His heart is full of steadfast love and faithfulness. Even when we fail him, even when we rebel against him, his every move is designed to bring us back, back into a close, warm, intimate relationship with him. That's who he is. That's God. Before we go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at powerfulprayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.